This podcast was produced on stolen Yagra and Turrbal land that was never ceded. Yeah, Luke Reynolds. I'm at Gunya Riverside, Colmore, Central Queensland, just outside Moranbah. Mm-hmm. I joined the union uh, as an apprentice in 2005. It's a very strong um, union proud industry, so yeah, everyone, everyone sort of joins up and puts their, their foot forward, helps out whenever they need to especially with the apprentices, so you know, it's still, it still is very union-proud um, around Moorumbah, but the industry definitely has changed. The changes to casualisation and things like that have, have really hurt the industry, um, have hurt memberships, and obviously yeah, tried to erode our conditions, and, and it's, um, we can see it week in, week out, and casualisation is huge. Labour hire casualisation, it's, it's, it's rank, and... Um, yeah, it's affecting safety, it's affecting everything. We've got people, like I've, I've trained as, as apprentices that couldn't get put on full-time after they finished and they've been there seven, eight years um, and no no jobs, you know, can't, can't get a permanent role and that, that sort of hurts. You know, looking looking at a local junior who's come through and done their time through Moranbah and spent spent their 25 years out there and, and still can't get a permanent role, it's, it's, um, it's not right. And is there much talk in your industry about a just transition to renewable energy? Yeah, so there's, there's obviously a lot of talk, especially in the coal mining industry, around just transition and um, emerging industries, as they call it now. So hopefully... Hopefully we can get a grasp of it, and um, the local communities don't suffer in the long run. That's that's our, our major goal is to make sure that um, these regional communities get their say. And if any if anything ever happens and they do shut mines down, which you know, in looking looking forward, it's, it seems to be the the ongoing thing. So um, if they do when they do start to move into that into that world, well. We need to move with it. Hopefully, um, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. The fact that we've got a lot of local communities, a lot of local people, and um, people have put their their entire lives into these communities, and they're not going to be left out in the cold. Well, at this point in time, without seeing any infrastructure or um, any major major changes at this point, it's concerning uh, for a lot of members out there. A lot of people are still blind to the fact that coal coal's doing well and. They're making they're making plenty of money out of it at the moment, so every, everyone is pretty blind to it. Being involved in in the union, being involved sort of in my role, we we we've got a we've got a bit of a mission ourselves, just to um, inform everyone and re-educate and try and move people towards future planning. And um, along with Ongi and um, Tomo, hopefully we can we can provide for these towns and communities and for our families. So has it been hard to come to terms with the fact that that is part of your role on the job site? Obviously people don't really like change. Change hurts. Generally it's not a good thing. If they're, if they're trying to change for some reason there's, there's, there's a reason behind it. I think, I think the, the end goal is to engage and make sure people are, are educated in, in the way the, the world's moving and, and just hopefully we can we can move with it and, and the communities don't suffer as, as, a, as a byproduct from it. So do most people you work with live in the local area? We, we've got a very transient workforce. Of recent, uh, of recent weeks, months, years sort of thing, uh, we've, had, we've had a bit more of a, a move back to people moving back into town. 
whether it be for family or um, the fact that they're, they're sick of living away from from their um, their families or kids and it's it's hard it's a hard lifestyle if you if you're doing those sorts of things so yeah we do have, we do have a very transient workforce we've got people living in Townsville and uh, Mackay Rocky Brisbane so they are constantly moving um, so the the feed-on effect from from massive changes like that will will affect multiple communities whether it's whether it's more Bar, Blackwater Dysart um, it'll it'll extend all the way to um, you know your Mackays Townsville's Rockies. So obviously you're often be going to be giving people at work opposing information to what they believe to be true. Where do you think that misinformation is coming from? The media does um, is a pretty big influence on, on a lot in social, in social media as well. It's a big influence on, on people's ability to, to speak and to have their say and and um, a lot of the a lot of the media that, that is thrown around is misrepresented or well, it was just straight out lies, so um, it's it's hard it's hard to fight that battle when you when you you're working against corporations and things like that. So, have you always worked on unionised job sites? No, I, I moved away in two thousand six till two thousand eight. Um, worked at News Limited in Townsville um, for three years. That was obviously a non-unionised site, but um, very small site. And then back out to Goonyella, so started my apprenticeship peak downs. And back out of Gunyella in 2008, and been there since 2008. So, and it's um, it's been it's been good back welcoming the back into the ETU's um, status and um, movement going forward. So, just just looking on say say just with the mine say with our mine site currently at the moment, um, with a lot of uh, labour hire and contract type style workers. They're definitely not not overly happy to stand up and, and have their say when it comes to um, safety related issues. They feel a lot of them feel victimised a lot of times due to the fact that um, they don't have much support. So they stand up, they say something, um, they get you know they get bashed for it. Whereas um, anyone within the on, on a union part of the site where you've where you've actually got a bit of pull there. It's it's much more comfortable. Um, safety safety is much more fluent within that within that department. So um, no no one has an issue with pulling pulling things up for whatever reasons they have to pull things up. So it's 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 good. I notice even whether it's whether it's site based or having a union site base or whether it's a non union site base. Um, my biggest my biggest thing is the fact that you've got one site that has. A unionised workforce, as well as an ununionised workforce, it's it's very difficult for those people to um, to have their say. And and being contractors and labour hire, they fear for their jobs. They say something, they they're gone the next day. So uh, that's 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 the industry. That's how it works. And whether they like it or not, that's 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 how it is. It's it needs to change. And they are starting to work things out. Um, some people are and starting to become unionised and and they're getting strength because of it. So have you always known that joining a union as soon as you start work or start a new job, have you always known that's important or is that unionism something you learned about on the job site? Yep, so I grew up in Moranbar. Um So uh, my father was 
uh, union member with AMW. Yeah, it's always been instilled in in us within within the community. Really, it's um, we participated in um, union marches every year from when I was really little um, up until now, when I've got four kids and they're all doing the same thing. So, yeah, it's it's good. the The community itself seems to be really embracing of um, of union unionism, and and we all try and and um, ensure that that it continues on for the future because that's that is the future so and how long was it before you became a union delegate so when i when i moved back in uh, 2008 i started doing a little bit around 2010 um, with engagement type work just helping out around around the books and then by about 2015 i was a co-delegate we've been moving on from there so we, we've got a fairly strong set up at um, goon yellow we've got 48 members now so all the apprentices are starting to join up they're seeing the benefits of it all and good to see that we're, we're starting to move our, um, our values onto them as well um, we've had a lot of them approach us not even not even us approach them so um, which is which is excellent so hopefully we can we can utilize those members to um, engage all the rest and and um, bring them on board as well so have there been many workers who have come along who have just had no idea about what a union could do for them? Oh, yeah. It's like we, we constantly um, throw brochures around and just trying to try and engage a workforce and um, make everyone, you know, known known about what, what we represent and um, who we represent. You know, the union is the is the workforce, so um, we're a collective, we need to we need to work together and anyone anyone outside the union is more than welcome to come and join in and um, and help out as well. We're all about the people and the future is through the apprentices, through the apprentices we got out there. So, um, yeah, the more the better. So what's one significant union win on your side that stands out? Oh, we've, we've, had, we've had multiple wins. Um, one, one I recall um, would be probably the biggest one I've, I've been a part of was... Um, Without divulging too too much information, I suppose um, we had a, a member roll a vehicle on site um, and was subsequently sacked for it, um, no fault of his own. And we went through commission hearings, and um, it took a year, but we managed to, um, as as a union, we 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 said we um, we put everything together, and we got. Paul Payne involved and um, and Pat Pat come in and had a um, big big hand in helping out um, and managed to get his job back and he spent a year out out of the industry because of it well um, in and out of the industry because older worker as well so you find it hard to get a job anywhere um, BMA blacklisted him from all mine sites once they worked out that he was contracting at other sites so him and his family went through terrible time. Um, it affected it affected them. It affected us. Um, affected my family. You know, like the same same sort of thing. It's it's, it's ridiculous that um, that someone someone could do not have no no problem and um, not have caused any issues and then all of a sudden get sacked because of it. So um, we pushed really hard for that one and got and managed to get his job back in the end. Um, so now he's back working again. So. Um, that was that was probably the biggest win that I've been a part of. And how do you keep the energy up when it's a fight that does last a year or even longer? Oh, it it's, it was draining. 
Um, it was very draining, but um, in the end, you know, they're, they're a local family, still got kids in the community, still working at the mine sites. So, you know, seeing them day in, day out, it, it just gives you a bit more. That, that's, that is what, that's what brings a fight forward, I reckon. You know, you, you're seeing them day in, day out. You know, you know the pressure they're going through. They're still rocking up to all the sporting events, still rocking up to, um, to you know, still rocking up to union meetings and, um, and doing, doing their best to, to move forward and, and um, continue living through you know, what should never have happened. So. so you have a position on the ETU State Council? I'm on state council, yeah, I'm the vice president yeah. of Cole. So I took over that role in 2020, I think it was, 2019, 2020. And, yeah, that's when it all all started. So what kind of responsibilities come along with that role? Well, I get to... um, get to be the first one on this podcast I suppose <laughs> yeah big win um no other than that it's um it, it's a it's a big responsibility you know we're we're in charge of um coal mining for you know representing all of our all of our um our members so um it, it's a big responsibility um and we don't take it lightly um between myself and Bucko and John Achilles we have been and will endeavor to to continue to Run the fight, whether it be with um, with the companies or whether it be issues within within ETU. So um, we'll we'll continue to push for our members and and um, hopefully we'll get get some wins. So you're just finishing up the coal conference. Has there been one specific standout issue that you've been talking about with the other delegates this week? Oh, there's multiple. Um, you know, obviously COVID COVID was always going to be a um, a big hitter. Um, we've also talked a lot about um, just transition or um, emerging industries as, as it is now. Um, and we've had a um, member of parliament come in, Di Farmer. Um, she had a chat about that. So that was, that was good we'll just to have a bit of a look and have our say on, on um, what, what we want to see for the future. And hopefully we can move forward with a few other things, especially when it comes to um, coal mining and any any emerging emerging industries that are coming from it. So your industry is obviously talked about a lot in the media, specific, particularly as we are starting to talk more and more about climate action and, um, you know, there's news stories all the time about shutting down coal mines. How does it actually feel to be a worker in that industry when you're reading all of these stories and hearing people talk in this way? So basically there's there's two forms of coal. So you've got your thermal coal, which is for your coal-fired power stations. Then you've got your metallurgical coal, which is um, for steel making. So at this point, um, the northern pits are generally all metallurgical coal. Um, the southern pits are where your thermal coal starts to kick in. Um, so I think the threat generally for us is around, obviously, thermal coal at this point. Um, there is talk at the moment of um, of green steel and using hydrogen to um, to um, burn iron and create um, create steel that way. So that will be a threat in the future. Um, every, everyone's always concerned about um, you know, climate change, and that I, I know I, I definitely am. Um, there are you know people that are on both sides of the fence 
when it comes to, um, especially being a coal miner, it's not really the, you know, it's not really a, um, a talked about thing. But um, yeah, move like I, I'm not, I'm not sure how you'd, um, how you'd even go with that. I'd, it's more about, um, I think people need to need to have a look at the fact that there are there are families out there that that will be affected by this i know climate change is a world issue um but within the communities and within our um within our local area um it could be it'll be a drastic a drastic measure to um to shut everything down out there it'll be it'll cause you know massive massive issues um but uh, obviously, that's that's why we that's why we're here trying to look for better options. And um, if if that if that means we need to move, move into hydrogen, we move into hydrogen, and hopefully the government can come forward and utilise these communities um, to um, better move forward within ourselves. Like it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's hard out there because you know you always feel like the the person that you know you feel like you're the industry that's causing the trouble and um hopefully that um that stigma sort of is removed by the fact that we can we can utilize these communities and these people and the and the industries to move in a different direction so when you're talking about feeling as though you're one of the people you know in quotes causing the trouble do you think that's a common feeling amongst your workmates and other people in the industry um, I think in the back of everyone's minds, you know, it sort of is. You, you know that um, when, when you're talking about climate change and um, obviously um, those industries aren't helping um, helping when it comes to that. Uh, obviously people aren't going to have the same view I do. Um, but that's, you know, that's that's my view on the, on, on the situation and I'm, I'm all for um, emerging industries and... Um, and hopefully, you know, for the betterment of the world, we can we can utilise these these towns. I'm, I'm, um, my my biggest thing is making sure that where our voice is heard as well, not just um, you know, it's not just whoever, whoever from you know the major cities sort of come and saying, yeah, we're just going to shut you all down. See you later. Um, there'll be drastic drastic measures. You know, like a lot of people have. Um, bought houses, they they got their families living there. A lot of people grew up in those families. Oh, I, grew, I grew up in Moranbah, you know. Like so, to shut down a place that you've you've lived for thirty five years, um, you know, I, I don't think you know that that hasn't been thought too much about. Obviously, obviously, it's it's a threat to to the world. Everyone knows that. We um, you hear about it all the time. It's um, it is what it is. Um, science has proven. This is where this is where it's heading, and, and if things are going to change, then we need we need to change with it. Um, we just hope we don't get left behind, um, and that's the major thing is we, we don't want to be left behind. So, um, and I don't think people take that into account when you're talking to people from the cities. They're just saying, oh well, you know, we'll just shut them all down. Well, that's not good enough. You know, look, we got a lot of people, we have got a lot of communities that we need to we need to look after out there, and. Um, whether that is emerging industries, well, that's where we need to look at, and and hopefully our our voice is um, is put forward when it comes to it. You shut down a mine, then all of a sudden you lose you lose your bakeries, you lose your doctors, house prices. Obviously, yeah, they, they'll they'll go to shit, and everything will be 
and you know livelihoods are are ruined. So um, yeah, it's 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 a knock on effect. You get there's going to be there's more to it than just oh we'll shut the mines down. There's I don't think people are thinking about the bigger picture. And do you think that the ETU is doing a good job at making sure those voices are heard and that those issues are highlighted and brought to the right people? Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely they are. Like, um, you know, just with, um, hopefully, you know, with, 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 the, with the voice of, um, of Ongi and, um, and Tomo and, and all, of our, all of our members within those communities where we are having a say... Um, you know, I just, I just hope it's not falling on deaf ears. That's, that's the biggest thing. This podcast is produced by the Electoral Trades Union, Queensland and Northern Territory branch. Tune in next week for another episode. 